Hey guys, welcome to China Trends. I'm Yu. China's economy is staging a steady recovery with marked improvement in the consumer market. And in this edition, I'm gonna talk about recovery and expansion of consumption with two guests. First, please introduce yourselves. My name is David Zainer. I'm a partner at Bain and Company, and I lead Bain's consumer products consulting practice across Asia Pacific. And my name is uh, Ramon Sariego. I'm managing director for China. I'm based here in Shanghai for already three years, and uh, and I was based in Asia for seven years now. And here we are at the Electronics uh, China head office, and we can enjoy a very nice view of the Shanghai's downtown area. Um, so the first question is that you know, in the JP Morgan uh, newly released analysis that said um, they expect the consumption will contribute four percent of the China's GDP this year. So I wonder, uh, what's your view? Do you think consumption will be the key driver of China's economy, and why? Yeah, I think most um, most analysts think that China's economy will grow five percent uh, or even above five percent this year, and consumption is likely to be the the key driver. It all depends on uh, consumer confidence. During the pandemic, Chinese households saved more than they had in the past, and uh, household bank deposits are now more than a hundred percent of GDP. But consumer confidence um, in January, although it was up a little bit on December, is still well below where it was in twenty twenty two, and certainly well below where it was before the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean,、uh, we remain very positive for for China, not only this year, for the coming years as well. And it's true that the consumer goods industry is one of the engine of the of the economy. But、uh, as David said, I mean the consumer confidence is key, you know, and and it's true that in the last year we have been all here in Shanghai waiting a little bit in China, and now the consumer is ready. But we need to make sure that we build this trust, this confidence, and for sure it's going to be a big push.、Uh, I would say by end of this year already. You know, during this、uh, China Springs Festival, we have seen a lot of the a strong recovery of consumption in China. Even some sector even surpassed its market performance in、uh, pre-COVID, like in 2019. But I wonder that how strong the,、uh, the the consumption recovery will be. Even stronger. So, as David said, I would say that、uh, the first quarter is still, I would say, low. It's true that it's much, much better, and we start seeing and we start feeling that also in the traffic.、Um, but I think that the expectation for the second and the third quarter is very promising. So,、uh, so everything is ready. We just need to build this confidence, and 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 the, the cash is there, and the willingness to spend it is there as well. And I would say also that. Uh, the middle-class consumer is growing very fast, and they are ready to buy those amazing products with connectivity, with sustainability as well. So everything is ready, and、uh, and we are waiting for them. I think the recent government figures said that retail sales in January and February were up about three and a half percent, and the pattern of recovery was different across sectors. So as you said.、Um, uh, Uh, petrol and catering, so things to do with travel, were recovering very quickly. Also, some consumer staples,、um, whereas、uh, things that are more de- more dependent on the property cycle, like appliances and building products, were a little bit slower in the first quarter. But as Ramon said, we we would expect that that、uh, confidence to improve through the year,、um, and and the the recovery will follow. Uh, David, I know you were just on your business trip to China, and this is the first time that after the pandemic you came to China. And how does it feel?、Uh, it feels fantastic. I, I love coming to China. The、uh, for the 
our business in Asia, China is the most important uh, market for consumer products. Um, and we see it as a real source of innovation that the rest of the world can learn from. I think Chinese consumer companies and Western companies doing business in China are having to reinvent what it means to be consumer-centric. And so instead of focusing on segments of consumers, focusing on individuals as consumers. Instead of focusing on uh, the market as channels, they focus on individual consumer journeys um, across social media, across offline retail, across e-commerce. And instead of relying only on what consumers say, they uh, are able to understand what consumers actually do. And these are uh, innovations in the way that our clients' businesses work that the rest of the world can learn a lot from. Uh, we can see that consumption recovery is, is for sure to have been, uh, regained momentum. Uh, but compared with the uh, pre-COVID, do you think the importance of Chinese role uh, or the, um, the, the foreign, investment, uh, foreign investors, their view for Chinese market has been changed? You know, China is the second largest economy in the world and, and, uh, and actually it's a very promising uh, market. Uh, it's very promising for the Chinese company, it's very promising for multinational companies. So, uh, so in, in Electrolux is one of the strategic markets and we really want to win and to grow in, uh, in China. Which means that we are willing to invest in China and we already have, by example, one of the five uh, R&D centers, globally R&D centers, here in Shanghai. Because as David said as well, we need to be really a consumer-driven company and we need to really understand the consumer and what are the expectations on the, on the consumer. And, uh, and we want to have more data, more information about the consumer to make sure that we understand what they want and we develop the products to fit into their, their need. Uh, we have a project called China for China. You know, that gives a very big intention for Electrolux Group that China is the strategic market. It's very consistent with what we're seeing. I think um, most Western companies continue to believe China is the most exciting consumer story in the world. So per capita uh, disposable income will double, more or less double between now and 2030 and the share of households, middle class or, or, or higher households will go from un, just under 50% to just under 70%. So the growth story here in China is really amazing and as we've talked about it's a source of innovation for the rest of the world and for many Western multinationals it's already a very large contributor to the P&L. So Estee Lauder, uh, I believe around a third of its global revenue is from China. Uh, L'Oreal 20%, uh, Coca-Cola 8 or 9%. So China remains an incredibly important part of most Western companies' uh, business strategies. So the role or the importance of this, con of this uh, market has not been changed, even given the impact of the pandemic? I, th I think there, there are, um, because of the impact of the pandemic, because of uh, geopolitical uncertainty, because of some of the structural changes in the economy, I think each company is making its own risk assessment at the country level, at the industry level, uh, and for their individual business. And I think what we're seeing is that um, companies that have strong positions in attractive industries, if anything, they're even more committed to China, um, whereas some of the companies which has, have perhaps less strong positions in less attractive spaces are, are, are being a little bit more careful with their investment. As we saw the Chinese market's potential and capability, uh, we also can see this market is becoming more and more sophisticated. Like you mentioned, you have your R&D in China. So how, how, uh, what kind of suggestion that you think the company should take measures to better uh, fit this market to attract more your clients? 
Yeah, I think that it, it's a very interesting market because we are in a kind of pole position of the consumer market, you know. We see a lot of innovation here which are absolutely amazing and I'm pretty sure will move very fastly to Europe and the US as well. Um, so we need to have more consumer data to understand exactly what are the expectations and one of the examples is the, the connectivity and the sustainability things, you know, that the consumer is really willing to, uh, uh, to go for. Um, so it's not only that we have here R&D centers as well, we develop the channel and we develop the structure to make sure that we touch the consumer and we touch the consumer when they want to be touched, you know. And here in China also, one of the channels which is very interesting is the online channel because it's a kind of integrated channel into the offline and online. Everything uh, goes together, let's say. So, uh, so you can touch a consumer online and he's going to buy offline and, and, and the opposite. So to do that one actually we are bringing more innovation and we are learning also from innovations that we see here in China. So the innovation in terms of technology is very very advanced I would say. So your strategy for China's market is more focused on the first tier or the more high-end uh, group? Or yeah, so one of the, uh, the strategies is really to premiumize the product offering that we have here in China. You know, the middle class is growing, the expectations are growing, and, uh, and the consumer, he knows and understands very well the product. So we need to bring uh, premium features. Not only premium features, but also premium service, because also the, the expectation in terms of after-sales service are very high, you know. So to do that, when actually we have developed a portfolio of brands right now with, uh, with two strategic brands, uh, AEG on the premium and, uh, and Electrox on the, on the mass premium, and most probably we are going to play with, with additional brands as well. And at the same time, we want to differentiate the product offering, you know. Uh, this is key for Electrox to come with a differentiating product offering. I think the Chinese consumer is very sophisticated and I, I see, even since my trip before COVID, um, some changes in the market here. One example is the, um, the premium coffee shops that I have seen all around Shanghai. And I think that's a great example of how companies can understand what we would call the raw consumer need um, and then create uh, propositions that uh, people are willing to pay for and in the case of coffee willing to pay a significant premium for um, and they can do that now because of the consumer data that's available in a, in a very uh, careful sophisticated way testing different aspects of the of the proposition and then and then uh, rolling out the ones that appeal uh, most successfully to premium consumers. That's right. Just as you mentioned, Shanghai owns the most, uh, in terms of the number of the coffee shops, Shanghai is the most uh, ranked the first in the world. So, like uh, uh, in the industry for the food and beverage, and also for uh, car industry, you know, if a global company which wants to succeed in this market, uh, the company should stay in China and like have the long commitment with China. So, uh, in your view, that what kind of industry uh, that the companies should uh, should have their position in China to get a succeed? Yeah, no, I mean, as you say, um, uh, China is a, a, a huge market and it's very hard for many of our clients to think about succeeding globally if they don't also succeed in China. And so we, we see um, a few different types of strategy. One is um, most companies have a China for China strategy, exactly as, as Ramon said. And so, for example, uh, we know that uh, Bernard Ricard has opened its first whiskey distillery in China recently. 
Um, we know that Tesla is localizing something like 95% of its production um, here in China because to win with the Chinese consumer, you need to be able to react quickly and to innovate for the Chinese consumer needs. Um, and then we see um, companies using China as a, uh, as a, as a source of R&D. And so I believe there's something like 500 R&D centers here in Shanghai alone. And these are focused on the Chinese market, but then also innovations that can be uh, taken uh, elsewhere in the world. Um, and in your view, has the pandemic uh, kind of reshaped the Chinese consumer behavior or preference? Uh, I think, as we talked about at the start, I think the, the Chinese consumer is still a little less confident than, uh, than we, would we would hope to see. Um, I think that there's, uh, you know, hopefully confidence will return. And then I think as, as in many markets, there will be probably some changes in the way consumers think about the need for health and wellness, for example, a very increasingly important, uh, increasing importance of sustainability, for example. Um, but these are trends not, not just in China. And, and to reinforce on that one, I think also the, the, the consumer has slightly changed the expectation because, you know, at the end of the day, we have spent a lot of time at home. Then when you spend a lot of time at home and you start using your products, your expectations are changing, you know. And then you discover that, yes, you would like to have a dishwasher, you know, and, and yes, you would like to have a dryer or yes, you want to have a bigger fridge, you know. So in, in this kind of situation, this is why the premiumization has increased and the expectation from the Chinese consumer has changed as well. Yeah, the consumption revival is kind of, is really related with uh, confidence, and in, and it takes time to rebuild the confidence. So, to boost uh, the consumption market in Chinese market, what kind of uh, advice that you suggest, like for policymakers or for your industry, for the whole industry? Yes, it takes time to rebuild the consumer confidence, and and yes, it's absolutely key, as David mentioned be, before. Um, however, China moves very fast, you know, and this is why even if I see a first quarter still growing but but slowly I have big expectation for the rest of the year uh, in terms of recommendation I would say that to have this kind of round tables with experts like David that would be a very good idea because then we can share ideas and we can have different opinions and different approach because at the end what we want is to have a kind of win-win-win situation you know it's a winning situation for China it's a winning situation for the uh, companies and it's a winning situation for the consumer as well because he will get better products better quality and, and better features so this kind of roundtable would be good, so improve the, the communication, I would say. And I, I would say I think that the Chinese government, by being clear on its growth target, will, uh, will already do a lot to, to begin to um, have, have people start to feel more confident. And as Ramon said, I think it just takes a little bit of time. Yeah, Chinese, company, uh, Chinese government in the two sessions, we can see the in the government report, it emphasized a lot on the consumption uh, revival. Uh, and this year we can see, you know, in the end of the March, we have Wow Forum, and also in Shanghai we have CIE. So what's your expectation for that kind of grand event to boost the consumption? So yes, first of all, you need to know that uh, since uh, China reopened, we have a lot of visits. I mean, not only from uh, from David, thank you for being here, uh, but also from the headquarters. So two weeks ago, I had uh, the headquarters in Singapore. Everyone was was basically here to really see China and what's happening in China and how China has changed. Uh, and next month, I have a lot of people coming also from uh, from Stockholm. So they really want to see and to feel how China is developing. And then from a consumer perspective, what we want is to demonstrate the new product. 
products to demonstrate the new features that that we have that everyone has in the market you know because the the consumer expectation has changed and improved so this is basically what i would expect so i expect an increase of the average price let's say in the in the consumer goods have you ever attended CIE or that uh, grant event? I, I haven't, but I, but I would I would say the same thing. We we also host um, a number of events where we bring either um, people from within Bain to China uh, or our clients uh, from other parts of the world into China. And I think really only by being here and meeting some of the companies and seeing how much innovation is happening can you really appreciate um, just how fast the market moves but also how, um, how ambitious uh, a, a growth opportunity China can be. Okay, uh, last uh, we'll talk about a very uh, line goes virus like next China is China. I don't know what you think of it. Is it just a, a slogan or it's a conclusion that draw from uh, analysis? Uh, I mean, I think the, the, the insight there is that um, people had talked for a long time about the China growth story. But if you look forward and you say, well, what is the next most exciting growth story? Actually, there's nothing that is more exciting than the next chapter of, of, of Chinese growth. And so I think it's a, a very memorable slogan, as you say, and it has a, uh, an important insight at its foundation. And I would say it's not only the future, it's also the present. I mean, and, and it's very exciting, as uh, David said, because um, China is moving very fast, you know, and it's growing very fast. And, uh, and we need to be here to, to capture this one. So we need to take fast decision to be able to be in that train. And it's very exciting to be in the train of China, I would say, right now. Thank you for uh, thank you for you to uh, sharing uh, deep insights with us. You know, people often talk about the China speed, which means very fast. So hopefully we can get a consumption revival, like also in China speed. And uh, see you next time. <laughs>